Live brunch. We are live. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. Live brunch. Live brunch. another episode of live brunch i hope you enjoyed the slight tweak that we made to our live brunch intro video and our amazing new set yeah which only has bottles of wine in it and there's no food which i don't think is a good idea we thought we'd keep that 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> not really do food on live brunch keeping we, with the tradition keeping, of not really doing food on live brunch uh, Matt, phenomenal. Thank you so much. What a wonderful sermon. But oh, before well. we jump into the sermon, we've been having our own little conversation about what is your favorite Christmas movie or any Christmas movie that you're looking forward to. Actually, I don't like asking the question about favorite because it narrows it down to one and then you start judging the person. So <laughs> just do like, uh, just recommend. Judge I judge the person and you say favorite. <laughs> recommend a Christmas movie. Christy, you go first. Uh, well, I always like to watch It's a Wonderful Life. I know it's really old, but I like that. Yeah, we we also tend to watch that every Christmas on Christmas Eve. Because just that bit at the end, just, oh, touches you. Um, but I'll tell you what, a, a new one that might come into the traditions this year for me is a film I watched a, a few weeks ago. It's not a Christmas film, but it just, like, it, it ends at Christmas. So it make, it kind of feels like Christmas Eve. But it's called Green Book. Uh, it's, quite, it's a few years old, but I just watched it, like, a few weeks ago. It's like, this Green. is an amazing film. Okay, I'll check it out. Uh, my, John, we watched John. The Grinch on Netflix yesterday, the one with Benedict Cumberbatch as the voice of The Grinch. It was mm. brilliant. I really enjoyed it. There were some emotional moments as well when uh, The Grinch laugh, meets Mary Lou Who. Yeah, lovely. lovely. Um, why don't you drop your Christmas movie recommendations in the chat and we can grow intellectually and grow in our knowledge <laughs> of Christmas movies. That would be ambitious. Uh, Matt. <laughs> Do you want to do a quick summary of your preach? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so this, um, in the start of this series, we are thinking about the way in which the incarnation, Jesus coming into the world, makes a difference to the things that we're facing in society right now. So we talked about, uh, well, I talked about uh, freedom and how obviously we face lots of restrictions with the pandemic. But one of the things that the gospel, the good news of Jesus is that he comes to free us. And actually the freedom that he brings is from the inside out. That he, yes, he is, frees us in terms of by um, dying for our sin. That's why he's born into the world to die for our sin. Free us from guilt. But also the freedom really comes also from our relationship with God, relating to God in a new way. That it's not even just that we get forgiven, but actually there's a sort of new category of relating to God by the Spirit, through the Son, to the Father, um, that is just just wonderful that we can know that freedom in that. And so that's what I was talking about. Superb. Every time I hear the word freedom, I think about that scene in Braveheart. You know, I, men I mentioned Braveheart a few is, weeks ago as well. You, is, yeah, yeah. is having his guts ripped out and kind of nail, almost nailed to a cross, isn't he? He's, he's got his arms stretched out. Oh, that's he's stretching it out. And he shouts freedom. Which in some ways you can see some parallel with... Uh, with the cross, where Jesus could proclaim freedom with his death. Well, that's another Christmas film to watch. Brave I've Hill. never seen it. <laughs> never seen never Braveheart. Seen Braveheart. Well, yeah, well, for a treat, uh, Christine. <laughs> uh, but I think just before we jump into questions around the preach, this was a question that came in. And, uh, oh, sure. It's a question for, for that I've had as well. Is often when we, uh, when we talk so much about God the Father, and there was, there was uh, when you talked about uh, we are sons, it wasn't that we are sons and daughters and we're all children of God. Yes, we get that. Uh, but the son receives the inheritance. 
And mm-hmm. do you think that triggers or it, it, it carries on the rhetoric that the Bible is anti-women mm. and it's all about the father and the son and the very man-based, uh, I guess, imagery or words, but also sons receiving the in- inheritance was in some ways what was wrong with our society yeah. Yeah. Uh, many years ago where we felt it was unequal. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts on how would you address people who have that question? Well, I think it's a very understandable question. And I, c- I can understand that, especially when um, when you're new to the Bible and looking at Christianity, uh, particularly with the, the way in which um, that topic of equality and uh, what that means in society right now, that is, that is a topic that people want to talk about, and quite rightly so. And there's a lot of um, things that, that need to be addressed in our society with that. And so I can understand when you come to the Bible, and yes, it refers to God as a father, that sort of thing. Um, that that can always this it's very easy just to say well look that's just another example uh, of where there is inequality well I guess what I would say is firstly I think to 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 understand what the Bible has to say about men and women has to say about who we are has to say about the character of God is, is a huge amount of depth and complexity so of course it's very easy to dismiss the Bible as misogynistic without actually considering what it's actually saying. I think the other um, mistake that's sometimes made as well is that when we're talking in terms of who God is, is particularly in terms of referring to God as Father and um, Christ as the Son, again, it's important to r- think about how that's come about in terms of, I guess maybe instinctively what we say, well, when we say that, what we mean is that God is like a father we understand because that's our frame of reference and when we're coming to the Bible new the the meaning of the word father has been defined by our experiences and so of course to turn to oh right then God must be like that actually the Bible tells a different story and starts with a completely different starting point that actually what a father is is not defined by experience actually God is not a reflection of us we are a reflection of God. And so it's important to realize that things are that way round and look at what, how God chooses to reveal himself and define himself and start from that rather than come with our, I guess, ideas of if it uses that word and uses that terminology, therefore it must mean also these things as well. Um, Do you think it implies, I guess, qualities or, you know, when you think father, you're thinking... What does the father look like in terms of how the decisions they make, the role that they play, mm-hmm. might not always be a male thing? Or do you think the two are actually quite linked? Say that again, just so I understand. Um, when we when we think father, and if we if we, let's go back to the beginning, where uh, God the Father defines what fatherhood is, rather than us defining fatherhood through the men in this world that we've encountered and experienced, yeah. or the relationship yeah. Yeah. that we've had, um, do you think that there's a there's a the fathering qualities can be independent of being male in this instance, well, or is it very much linked? I, th- yeah, <laughs> this is, I realise this is quite <laughs> conceptual. Um, but yes, I, I think it is important to have the distinctions there and not just apply everything that we understand as a, a father or have experienced as a father and put that on God because God is not male in the sense of we understand male and that's the label that like everything that's true of a male is true of god the 
Jesus says to us, you know, if you, you see me, you've seen the Father, you, you pray to God as Father, because he's, he's, he's teaching us about an aspect of God and using language that we can relate to and understand. And there is, there is a meaning to that. There's a deli- but that. But God, we describe God as a Father, but we also, even in the message, is describing God as, as, as judge. God is a judge. And there's many different aspects of, of God. Um, we could go on. Yeah, we, we could. <laughs> there we go. Uh, right rabbit hole, but, if you yeah. have lots of questions around this topic, matt.carvel at gmanual.com. <laughs> Send in your questions. Yeah, yeah please do. Um, I think, going, sorry, if going back to the preach, um, and, and I guess Advent as a whole, um, we're looking forward to the coming of Jesus. But Jesus has already come. Um, yeah. Are we looking forward to his second coming? <laughs> or why, why do we celebrate Advent? Christy, you go for that one. <laughs> Um, well, of course, we know he's, he's already come, but it's important to remember, isn't it? The Psalms are full of stories of what had already happened to the Israelites, but yeah. we retell them because they remind us of what God has done, but they also remind us about what he will do. And I think during Advent, mm-hmm. it is good to reflect on the fact that, um, I think it's in Isaiah, it says that the people who walked in darkness saw a great light. And we know that, Although we're very cushioned in the West, that actually the earth is still quite dark. There's still oppression. There's still people being abused, traffic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it is a dark place, and we do need the light of Jesus yeah. to come. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a sense in which we can reflect on that and express our longing for that, knowing that there will be a day when every tear mm-hmm. will disappear when mm-hmm. Jesus comes mm-hmm. again. But in the meantime, yeah. we long for what we know of the light that has come into our lives mm-hmm. to come to others' lives. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a great time to reflect on yeah, that yeah. and not to be so unaware of the darkness yeah, because yeah. we do live in a fallen world yeah. and we are so privileged often in our comfortable homes or whatever mm-hmm. to, to not think about that very much. Mm-hmm. And, and so it also is a time when we can think about others. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think that's a theme that will be picked up next week in the light in the dark place <coughs> that theme of, of longing like it, it, it is it is slightly strange and sometimes we like to see it in sort of black and white are we are we happy because jesus is here or are we longing because he's you know for the second coming that sort of thing well it, it, it is both it mm. is both we can know the presence of jesus by the spirit right now but also longing and anticipating and waiting and hoping for god and for for for, for christ is is a christian uh, posture Mm. In one sense, that's like a lot to do with what prayer is about. In our mm. prayer life, we can enjoy the presence of God. Mm. We can enjoy the truth of who Jesus is. But there's also Jesus invites us to ask for things and pray and ask for more of, of his impact in our lives and in mm. uh, in our surrounding area and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, I think um, we can fall into this thing of, oh, it's so nice to feel Christmassy. And I mm. think there's a lot of escapism in that. Okay, yeah. And that isn't celebrating Advent. That's wanting to escape feel gooey in some way you know uh, and that's what lots of people are doing but this yeah. i think this is a time when we can really you know every time we see the decorations or the lights or something like that think no this is a shadow this light reminds me mm-hmm. that there's a greater mm-hmm. light and it's not about escaping the world but it's about being in the world with yeah. jesus living yeah. in us that's brilliant i think there's something about um christmas and, and advent which which teaches you principles that you can apply across the whole year. So we yeah. don't just celebrate the birth and the coming of Jesus once a year. We kind of do that all through the year. Yeah. And it probably gives us language. It gives us rituals to help us understand mm. 
uh, and celebrate. So I don't, whilst I don't play Christmas carols all year round, a song like O Come, Let Us Adore Him, which is mm-hmm. a Christmas anthem, is mm-hmm. it? It's a song that you can sing all year mm-hmm. round. And uh, it's because we've had Christmas. Uh, somebody's written the song for Christmas. You, you can, yeah. Or maybe it was not written for Christmas and, we, and Christmas has stolen mm-hmm. it. But we can think about it also there. And maybe there's something about about Advent and us learning to long for the arrival of Jesus in the midst of darkness, which this is the darkness doesn't go mm. in post December. Uh, mm. On the 1st of Jan, no. on t- 2021, we will still be in the middle of a pandemic and we will still lose loved ones and we'll still lose jobs mm. and stuff. It, it won't go. Mm. Um, sorry if that's a bit of a. <laughs> but I think there's just, there's just something about yeah. us preparing our hearts yeah. and, and longing for Jesus and just yeah. bringing attention to that, which will then carry us across yeah. the year. And I think. Um, Obviously, it is a time when we can actually meditate on the Christmas story. And um, I think you can see new things in it all the time. And um, I've been listening to an Advent devotional. It's just drawing attention to the fact that God comes to the lowliest of people, Mm. comes to Mary, who's just in this village, nowhere village. And she says, he's he's seen my lowliest state. Well, how many of us feel like, well, I'm... I'm nothing, I'm no one. Mm. How can God mm. care about me? And then Elizabeth right. says, how is it that I could see the mother of Jesus? You know, and then shepherds. Why did it come to shepherds? Yeah. You know, they're just ordinary people. And this just reminds us, perhaps in a way that throughout the year we don't think about those yeah. stories. We yeah. can think, yeah. well, I am an ordinary person and God does care about me. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, that's so good because he, he does come into such a humble yeah. situation and uh, we don't have to be um, white middle class for Jesus no. to come into no, our midst. No, certainly not. To be in any lowly situation for him to come in. Um, I have two broad questions to, for us to look at. The, the first one is around the over-familiarity uh, about God the Father. And, and then I guess that then the second one is, is a bit more unpacking some of the stuff we, we said about freedom. Okay. Um, so if you, let's look at the first one. The, you, you know how you talked about... The, and, and let's not dig too deep into analogies because, you know, it's, it's an analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, being invited to the, the judge's home for Christmas dinner. Yeah. Uh, and I guess what we're trying to communicate is, is the relationship that God offers to his children. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we, we get to... It's more God around the Christmas table versus God who's seated above the heavens and the earth on his throne ruling and just mm-hmm. the, the splendor mm-hmm. and the holiness and mm-hmm. the awesomeness of mm-hmm. God. Uh, do you think we get too comfortable with God? Can we get too comfortable with God? I would say no. Because, <laughs> because if Jesus <clears throat> has brought us into fellowship with the Father... Like there, I just don't think there can be any uh, deeper way in which we can be familiar with God. Like if it, if it's the Son of God Himself mm. that has come to us and come into the world, come into our lives, and to bring us into fellowship with the Father, like that, that surely is the most familiar place to be. At the same time. What you said is also true about God. And so I think probably to think of being familiar with God being like a scale in terms of like, can I be too familiar with God? And like, it's like knowing God really intimately and being really familiar with him at one end of the scale and being distant from God at the other end of the scale. 
well, I think if Jesus is bringing us in, we are at that end of the scale. And so that's why, that's why it says in the passage that I read in other places, like through the Spirit, we say, Abba, Father. Like that is a term of intimacy. But I think one of the things that we often do is, as people with our limited understanding, and myself very much included, is that we, we uh, think of one thing at the expense of something else. And we're not very good at holding things in tension. And th sometimes when we do that and when we embrace the being familiar with God, we just think everything else about God is not really that important. So, of course, we can say, Father to God. Jesus teaches us to pray that way, but he doesn't do that to that we can suddenly forget that he is the sovereign Lord most high. The Bible also says that, that Christ has also come to demonstrate that. Um, and I think the disciples, as they got to know Jesus, as they walked with him, at different points, they would have maybe felt different things. You know, you have the disciples laying their head on, on Jesus, like what a tender way of being affectionate and that does communicate jesus didn't say whoa too familiar mm. he he's comfortable with that he's saying this is how i want you to relate to me but also the disciples also saw jesus in the transfiguration where he's like wow this unapproachable light almost they're bowing down and worshiping him so both those things are true and i think the christian walk is to hold both those two things in tension that we come to a god that invites us right close to him but also he is the sovereign sovereign lord that we can pray to and expect him to do great things and expect the second coming where all every knee will bow before him and um yeah we we, we want to embrace those those multi-aspects of who god is superb christian do you have anything down to that or you just like I, or I think I just also. heard the question a bit differently. I was just thinking about the prodigal son mm -hmm. who in one way was very over familiar because he just right. he took all the inheritance from mm. the father. Yeah. Said, this is mine. I've got yeah, this yeah, now. Yeah. Whoopee. And mm. goes away and lives a life of sin. Mm. Now that's an extreme. Mm. But I think sometimes we think, oh well God's done it all and that they're, they're not pay attention to yeah. the fact that he wants our good and he has mm. plans for our lives that are for are good mm. that may not fit in with quite the way we would have chosen yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I was just reading the question a bit differently mm, mm. Um, because I don't think you can be, I think that term being over familiar is perhaps not helpful. I think you can't be over close mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. relationship with God. Mm -hmm. But so I think unpack what, you, what you've, you've said about how uh, in, there's, there's two ends of the over familiarity. Yeah. There's one is with, with affection, but then there's the other with sin. Yeah. Um, and because I, I trust in God's forgiveness and I trust in his love for me and his benevolence and him, he's going to write off the £10,000 fine that I'm about to receive. I can go do whatever I want. Yeah. Uh, and yes, the prodigal son took it to the extreme of yep. squandering on his, all his wealth or on prostitutes and, and what have you. Mm -hmm. But there could be like small instances where you're like, well, yeah. I could just look at that picture of a naked woman on my, on my screen. And, and, and that, that sort of thing, which is not squandering all your wealth on, on the prostitute, but is just living in a little bit of sin, which you think, but God's forgiven me. It doesn't so is really that okay? matter doesn't really mm. matter but actually we're forgetting then that God is holy and that his desire for us is to be holy like him and that's his ongoing work in our lives isn't it yeah brilliant um my next my next question and it's probably going to be the last one is the whole freedom thing so I find that when I when I hear stuff about 
freedom. I was like, well, there's a whole bunch of stuff in my life which doesn't, I don't feel like I'm free. There's there's desires, there's, and I yeah. guess there's some sinful ambition, which I feel like I'm a slave to. And I don't feel like I've received that freedom. It's not been like this magical transformation. Yes, a lot of things fell away when I became a Christian. And yeah. yes, I did experience freedom from a lot of things when I became a Christian. But I don't feel like I'm completely free of a lot of things. I think there's still, there's still a its ugly head yeah. in my life. Yeah. Should we pray? <laughs> <laughs> What's your question? question? <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how are we not? How is Jesus freed us, but we're not really free still? Yeah. How do we? Yeah. You put it much better than well, I. <laughs> I just wanted to make fun of you there. Um, <laughs> I, well, I think that shows and demonstrates that you know all of us can resonate with that, and that's that's true for all of us because the work of God in our lives is a once in, in a moment and then a progressive work as well. And I guess we that was a, a lot of the, the last series with story. What we're trying to um, bring in is that Christ has freed us, but there's also calls us to follow him and that there is a progressive, as we see Jesus more, we become more like him and part of that is being free. And so, and I think sometimes there is a... Um, uh, it, it can feel like we are increasingly not free, even as a Christian. You know, you start to follow Jesus and you think, well, you become become a Christian and think, wow, I've experienced this freedom and there's things in your life suddenly change overnight and you feel really completely free. Jesus set me free, which is amazing. And then as you go on your life, you realize more and more aspects of your life. Oh, there's not freedom there or there's still struggle there or there's, you know. But part of that being an issue is that you realize it and part of mm. uh, be getting to know Jesus is you realize more and more how sinful you are and how much you need Jesus. Um, and you become a lot more sensitive to your sin, don't you? Your, your threshold for sin suddenly changes significantly. So it, it can feel like you're, you're less free, yeah. but actually that is, that is showing you the path that Jesus is, is leading you on to bring freedom in those areas. And it's, it's important that we don't just think, well, I'm not free in that area, but... Jesus will come again and make it all right. No, actually, there's a, there's, there's a path of obedience to walk in. Jesus wants to bring us into more enjoyment of himself that will uh, be greater. And, and yeah, but that the work of Jesus in, in freeing us is progressive. But it starts from the truth. It's mm. only the truth of Christ and, the, and that applying of the truth by the Spirit that sets us free. And so, again, sometimes we can get into a, a way of thinking of, well, Jesus has set me free at the beginning. I'm free from the stuff. But then I need to really work really hard and it's down to me to sort out these other areas of my life that are not free. And yes, Jesus calls us to walk in obedience, but it's, it's embracing more of him. It's seeking more of his spirit. It's, it's learning from his word, you know, and that Brilliant. truth changing us over time that actually yeah. brings that freedom as well. Any final thoughts to add to this, uh, um, I, I just think a real encouragement is that verse that it's God who is at work in us to mm -hmm. will mm -hmm. and to do his good pleasure. So it's, he is working on us on the inside, not only to want but actually to do the right thing. And even if we're not there yet, that's still going on in all of us as we submit to him. Fantastic. And the freedom that we have is, I guess, knowing that even when we fall short, he is faithful yeah, and he will forgive us and he will pick yeah. up our ways. And, and we're loved again, children. Again, again, we're yeah. loved children, mm -hmm. aren't we? Yeah. So we're coming back to, you know, it's, it's different. We're not... We're not like slaves, we're loved children. Brilliant. Well, I think that's all we have time for this uh, morning. Matt, uh, what's happening next week? 
We're continuing on this series. Toby is uh, preaching to us, and the aspect that we're thinking about that we've faced as a society this year is uh, race and how Jesus uh, coming into the world affects how we think about race, how we think about the human race, how we think about uh, life in general. And yeah, there we go. Brilliant. So tune in next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Share the link with your friends and family. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks so much for joining me, Matt and Christine. Absolute pleasure. pleasure. And have a lovely rest of your weekend. Bye.